We want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report podcast with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media. And today joining us is Brian Lee. Brian is the head of programmatic sales at Time. Let's jump in and get to know Brian. Brian, welcome. How are you? I'm doing amazing. I definitely appreciate you for having me. It's definitely an honor to be here. Oh, that's great. We're thrilled to have you. I want to know a little bit about Brian. Where's where's Brian born and raised? And tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I was actually born in Syracuse, uh, New York, but I grew up in Maryland. So I grew up, you know, and a lot of people, I would say a lot of Black folks my age, grew up with a, a single mother and grew up, yeah, not really from a family that had a business background. But the thing is, I had a lot of love and a family and, and a woman, uh, sorry, a mother who was someone who was filled with integrity. And really, even though we didn't have much in terms of material, she left a lot or taught me and my sister and folks a lot in terms of, and my brother and a lot in terms of values and integrity. And so, yeah, I grew up in Maryland. I ended up going off to college after Maryland, up to NYU. And from there, you know, I ended up going into, into advertising. But for me, my background, you know, I'm just, I'm just like anyone else. I just, you know, came up and, you know, happened to, to work hard in, in high school and got into college and just went to the work, workforce. Yeah, you've worked for some really great companies and, and worked with some amazing brands across a lot of different cities. I want to come back to that in just a second. But, you know, the way you described like your upbringing and, and your family and how you grew up, how do you think that impacted your identity and who you are today? It impacted me a lot. Now, some of it, I think, uh, some of the things I think I was just born with in terms of me getting to where I got to, because the reality is I definitely shouldn't be where I am, probably just looking at a lot of people that I grew up with. And so there was some fire in me, but I think there are some similarities that people have in terms of how I've grown up. I mean, the thing with me, even as a, a young kid, even before I moved to Maryland, you know, I just used to wonder, like, looking at other folks is like, why do they have stuff and I don't have anything? You know, I've always had like good discernment, good judgment and good self-awareness, even as a kid. So, you know, I would say even as a young kid, I could objectively look and, and understand that, like, whether it's at school or other areas outside of school that I'm like, hey, like, these folks aren't necessarily better than me, then, you know, why do they have these things and, and I don't, or why, you know, I'm in, in this difficult situation. So for me, I always had that drive to really try to overcome any obstacles that were in my way to try to be successful. So like my, my whole, I would say upbringing. So like definitely like middle school, high school was all geared around like, oh, go to college and, you know, get a job. Obviously that's all my, my mom knows. She didn't know any better. So that was my focus is just, just focused on that, trying to overcome the odds because I knew like in the schools I went to, like I could go into any classroom or any environment in Excel. So I always had that, that drive, like, okay, like I don't like where the position I was in as, as a child. So I'm going to do everything that I can to really try to excel and to try to overcome those, those odds. Brian, you mentioned advertising and how did you get started on your career path in advertising? So it's interestingly enough, and this, I think this actually kind of goes to a lot of the uh, focus we have now just in general in terms of like 
trying to give opportunity to people of color. So I went to NYU for sports and entertainment marketing. And, you know, I interned all around, like everything from ESPN to NASCAR to record labels. So I had a good feel for, you know, different areas of marketing. But I, I did have one advertising class. I don't know if it was my junior or senior year. And I was like, oh, actually, I, I feel like this is one part of marketing I, I don't know. So the teacher started talking about day parts and all this other stuff, like radio, TV or whatever. And so my senior year, it was a career fair. Here's the thing. Most of the career fairs were actually for like finance stuff. So like a lot of the financial companies, companies were heavy on a campus for NYU. And there happened to be like one agency. It was actually a Mediacom. It just so happened that one of the HR professionals was this guy, black guy that I knew it was a friend of the family. So like my god brothers on he's real he was really cool with them. So I had met him randomly just through some church stuff. Cause he's obviously in New York. I was in Maryland at the time, but there was a connection between like my my godparents and then him. And it just happened to run into him at at that career fair. So, you know, he let me know about like, hey, we're trying to bring people in in terms of advertising. So that was the initial opportunity. And then him being in that position also helped me because even when I started in advertising, so I went, MediaCon was my first job out of school as an assistant media planner on traditional, not digital. While I was there, they had won the Dell account. And like, I want to say within like, it was like within two months. And I just mentioned to him like, hey, like I'm interested in this. It was just something about digital. They mentioned, like, I didn't know it, but I'm like, hey, like, oh, you can actually track stuff and it's not, we're not guessing. How many people of our audience saw this? Like, we can actually track this? I'm interested. And he helped make that happen. Now, y'all probably know being the advertising, especially at an agency, or probably anywhere you go to, there's no way they're going to let you switch off your accounts into something totally different two months into a job. Typically, oh, you got to wait at least a year or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so he was actually instrumental in making that happen. Mm. Without him being in that role, there's no way that I probably would even, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have had a chance to work on digital, at least in that particular role there. So that's really how I got into advertising. I mean, a lot of it, I can definitely point a lot of it to him, you know, in terms of giving me that opportunity. Yeah, no, that I appreciate you saying that, Brian. And I think it's important for people to realize, especially people of color, right, that Sometimes we do need those connections to help us open those doors, right? But as I always like to say, someone can open a door for you, but you got to take the steps forward to walk through it, right? And so yeah. from your perspective, I'd, I'd love to understand here from you. I mean, what are, what are some of the things so far in your career up until this point that you're most proud of? Yeah, man, there's... <laughs> there's, man, there's a lot that I'm proud of. I think uh, sometimes I look back, I'm proud of just how successful some of the teams and the people that I've led, how successful they've become mm-hmm. in certain organizations. I'm, I'm proud of that, of providing that opportunity. And a lot of the, the trust that they have with me, you know, I'm proud of that because that's not something that I had throughout my career. Right. And things were very challenging for me, not necessarily having those contacts, not being in an environment where people, you know, really celebrated you thinking outside of the box or being your own person. So, I mean, I think that's one of the big things. Now, granted, there's a lot of actual like 
results driven accomplishments accomplishments mm-hmm. that I've had. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much any organization I go to. But I think that piece is for me is what I'm most proud of. And, you know, I think it started to show is even in, in, in my last role at Amnet, where that's when organizations like Google or other folks asked me to start coming in and speaking on panels, whether it's on women, women's allyship or other things, just because of me being an advocate for my teams. So I think that's definitely some, something I'm proud of. Awesome. Awesome. And as the head of programmatic sales at Time, what do you love about your job today? What do I love? Well, actually, I could say one of the things I do love, I, I do love the support actually that I've gotten from senior leadership. Mm. They definitely want me there and they're appreciative of me. And then they're willing to listen to the ideas that I have. And so for me, I'm very appreciative of that. And that's one of one of the things that I love. And so at, at time where, I mean, they like to say like, we're a hundred year old startup in the fact that like, We've been a magazine for years and right now we're going through a transformation. And so a lot of people don't know that the head of Salesforce, the owner of Salesforce, actually, him and his wife actually bought us a couple of years ago. And with that, it's been, we're looking to really transform things. And with transformation comes a lot of challenges. Mm. And so having that support definitely helps a lot as we're looking to chart the territory for the next hundred years for the organization. So like, I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've been very appreciative of is the actual support. You know, even, you know, though I've been working for a while, I'm still someone that doesn't have a ton of contacts and definitely doesn't have a ton of people at certain levels. Mm-hmm. So having the support of the C-suite has been um, huge and having that buy-in has been great. So that's, that's definitely one of the things I love. About it makes the, it more exciting to come to work every day when you have that support, don't it? <laughs> Definitely, man. Definitely, man. I'm trying to get like you. Congratulations <laughs> to you, man. You know, it's the CMO. That's, that's big, man. Congrats. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, I want to go back a little bit to last year, right? 2020, a year like no other that we have ever seen, right? Personally and, and professionally. And unfortunately, like a lot of people out there, you were let go of your, your previous job, just, you know, getting caught up in, in what was the, the pandemic, right? But at the same time, I was watching your moves while you were out there. And even though you were searching for that, that next job and thrilled that you landed at time, you also did some things in between, right? You, you hustled, you created and marketed your own brand. And I would love for you to just talk a little bit about sort of some of the things that, that you did sort of while you were, you know, in between work and looking for jobs and and some of the things you're still doing now, you know, personally. Yeah, definitely. So for me, even before I got put on furlough, when stuff really started going down and like other folks really, you know, started, there were other folks that were laid off or got furloughed mm-hmm. in my organization or other organizations. To me, that was like another wake up call for me because I'd only been laid off another time. And that's when I was at AOL Verizon Media, when they had a ton of acquisitions. And so during that time, I took a ton of time off. They gave me a package. I took a time. I was in Maryland and I had to decide. I didn't really want to come back to New York, but I was like, you know, I do love advertising. And if I'm going to want to do it, I have to come back. But I made the vow. If I come back, I'm coming back with a mission and I'm coming back really to do my thing and try to progress because I had learned a lot of lessons up till then where I felt that was passed over. Basically where I felt like people was playing me like, you know, mm. I, you know I'm, I'm working like crazy 
And, you know, I'm getting passed up for other people who know that they're not even contributing that way. And so I have vowed to never let that that happen and not let a manager or organization hold me back. And so, you know, there's stuff that I was doing, you know, even before then, like right before the pandemic, I was very, very active. Like I said, I was, man, like that month before in February, I had spoke at Google like twice within one week. And I was writing articles. I was like, oh, okay, let me write some articles, Forbes and other things. But still, when that happened, when the pandemic happened, I was like, man, like, this is another wake up call, you know, because mm-hmm. I had literally just been just been starting to come back from underwater after when I had got laid off like a few years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I was still mm-hmm. catching up from that. And so I started really getting active and like even putting out articles and all that stuff. And then I ended up getting furloughed. But from when I when I got furloughed, it wasn't because I had already been like had the mindset that I need to like, all right, go harder. It wouldn't really hit me that hard because it's like I knew at that point it could happen to anyone. It's, mm-hmm. You know, millions of Americans was losing their jobs. I wasn't yeah. naive. Right. And so from there, you know, I really started to amplify my voice. And the other thing is for years, I've had a site called Black Health and Wealth. Mm-hmm. And but I've struggled for years. I, had, I was like, which direction do I want to take it? And then when everything happened, I really just had this vision. I had a vision for where I wanted our folks to go and, and in terms of the need, like the Black community and all that stuff. And so I really just put myself out there with that even more. So that's something that I never, ever, ever, ever have had spoke about to people in the industry and definitely not like, yeah, definitely not at places I worked with, you know, because you never know how people, we're going to receive it. And so, but I had the vision and I felt that the timing was right. And companies were saying all the right things, you know, they were saying all the right things too. And so, you know, I I went hard at that and just put myself out there and it was good with that. And then also I would say it was good for me to just put myself out there and just let people know that I was available. And the only reason I did that is because I had a plan before and I made up my mind that like, I'm going to bet on me. And I got uncomfortable putting myself out there because I'm not someone that really wanted attention. Like I used to just come in first half of my career, come in, kill it, take on enormous workloads and expect to be rewarded at the end of the year. And that never happened. And so I started putting myself out and because I've put myself out there, literally when I, you know, put it on LinkedIn that I've been furloughed, I, I couldn't believe the people and the types of companies that were reaching out yeah, that were interested in me. And even with me putting out stuff about like things I want with the black community, really just trying to figure out a way to bring us together, still just received a lot of support. And so for me, you know, I had been nervous about like putting that type of stuff out there, not really knowing how things would be received or if people would try to twist it a certain way. But yeah, I mean, that's a lot of what I did. I put out a lot of stuff about Black health and wealth and then just in general, just really trying to put myself out there some more as well. So, yeah, I, I almost feel like in our industry and, and probably in other industries too, whether you want to or not, you have to put yourself out there, right? No one is going to be a better marketer and tell your story than you as an individual. And when I say put yourself out there, not just to be like, oh, hey, look at me, I'm bragging, but to do it with a purpose, right? And and that's one of the things that I appreciate about 
you know, what you did with your wellness initiative, right? It's like it had a purpose out there. Yes, you were you were marketing yourself, letting people know you were available, but the content you were putting out there and what was behind it, there was a much larger purpose than that. So I I, I certainly appreciated that. I uh, appreciate it, man. Definitely. Brian, a lot of agencies, hold co's, uh, tech co's, our whole industry has been very open and very public about really sort of struggling with having a lot of underrepresented communities and minorities uh, represented in the numbers. What was that like for you, having firsthand experience at a lot of different companies? What was that like for you, experiencing that? Oh, it was challenging. It was challenging, and I never forget that. And I, and I think that's really why teams that I've led really rally around me, because I haven't forgot like where I was before. And I always try... I have the that emotional intelligence and, and I always try to I have the empathy and I always try to re- remember that when I'm dealing with folks. So coming up, it was definitely challenging. I mean, there's there's not a lot of people of color at all at agencies. And I always tell people like when you when you're starting off, it's it's worse. Because you don't have a voice. And your voice can definitely be be silenced just for the mere fact of your title and how you sound and how you look in many cases. Mm. And that's definitely what I experienced a lot. And, you know, it was frustrating to me knowing that like, hey, like, you know, these managers who are holding me back who are not really that great. And then when asking, okay, what was expected and you checking all the boxes and not only checking, just crushing it, crushing all expectations and still being left behind. That's a challenge. That was a challenge for me. And I think the other thing is just to be quite honest is sometimes... Well, outside of the fact that, like, you know, naturally people gravitate to what they know or what they're used to. But at the same time, I, I just think is people are sometimes scared to have a conversation or even to talk real with people of color to get feedback or don't really know how to make others feel welcome or invited, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff I had before, especially coming out. If, if you're on ad, ad industry, you know how it is just in terms of going out and all that stuff. Like, I'm not a big drinker. I'm not someone that's trying to, like, go and get drunk a lot or either. But, you know, people will always say stuff or that seem, make it seem like, you know, you're uh, you're weird, you know, <laughs> if you're not doing stuff like that. So that's just an example of stuff like, you know, with maybe you kind of get outcasted some or not. Or maybe it seems like you, you're outside or not really trying to or maybe difficult to embrace because you're different. And that. That's definitely probably the most difficult, especially for people who are coming up and early on, again, because you're dealing with bad managers and a lot of times or inexperienced managers, they don't really know what's required. Now, I don't really have that problem as much anymore, but it's because I'm in a leadership position and also the people like I'm reporting to now or work with, they just care about the green and me doing my (laughs) job, right? That's all they care about. But there are a lot of folks in positions where it's different and because of who they are, they can't be themselves or if they have bring an alternate experience or opinion or think differently, then a lot of times their opportunities are minimized, they're shut out or they're talked about, you know, so it, it can be definitely challenging and difficult, you know? Yeah. And thank you for sharing that with us. That's powerful. Talk to us a little bit about some folks that have helped you along the way if you've had mentors or maybe not even mentors, but just people that have been willing to sort of help, you know, Brian throughout his career. 
Yeah, definitely. So this uh, Brothers in Media group that me and Carell are in, I think that's been refreshing and good to to have as well. Some people, you know, to talk to. So like even here's the thing, like I never really used to open up, you know, I didn't know, like I didn't have any example of how things should be in business. And obviously I didn't resonate with a lot of folks that I work with. So I didn't really open up before, but I started to open up. So even coming to this last position, like I reached out to like people in, in, in the group that me and Carell and just to get their advice on the position I'm working with, have very frank conversations, even about compensation or other, you know, the market as well. But then also I now have other people even outside of, outside of my race now that I'm reaching out to that are helping. So one is Nancy Hall, who she works at IPG when I was at IPG. So she was my boss before. And so she's also someone that like, you know, I reached out to before taking on this position. And we've had like, you know, really frank discussions. There's someone else actually, woo, my mood while I was, uh, he's at, I guess, Matterkind or IPG as well, who he's someone actually that pretty much from the time I came into what was called Cadron or not, I guess now Matterkind, you know, I didn't work under his business, but there's times he was come and sit me down, take me to the side, talk to me, ask me what I want to do, give me some feedback in terms of, you know, how he's seeing things externally and give me real feedback. You know, those conversations like that are great, you know, because it's not a lot of folks that it, in a lot of cases, surprising a lot, there's not, there's a lot of managers that don't really get feedback. And so those conversations were, were great. And then also knowing him, he was in other conversations that I wasn't in on leadership. So when it comes to opportunities or when it comes to actually speaking on my capabilities, you know, that's someone who can really, you know, give a, a honest, uh, objective viewpoint of who I am. So those are folks that help. And then even where I'm, I'm at right now, you know, say the president of time, Keith Grossman, He's been a supporter for me. He's reached out. He'll check on on me. So he's he's been definitely been someone who's helped me along along the way. I want to say like, unfortunately, it hasn't really. I want I want to say it hasn't really been until recently that people have really helped me. I think part of it is because now I kind of have like a a track record for results, <laughs> so maybe they feel more comfortable. But at the same time, a part of it also might be me opening up as well. And putting myself out there and showing folks what I can do and put myself out there. So, well, shouts to Wu, a friend of the podcast, and also, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, nice. So, that's great. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Brian, what excites you most about the future of our industry? I mean, I think the thing with me is uh, that things are always changing and there's always something new to learn. So, I think that's what initially drew me to at least to the programmatic space and why I got involved a lot earlier than some some other folks. So I, I'm excited that like things are always changing and that quite frankly, that there's a lot of opportunity, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to ad tech for those that have experience and know that they're, what they're doing. But that, that's the thing with me is I'm a pretty curious person. I like to learn. And so like things are always changing and, you know, that that's definitely what I like. But then the opportunity part is also what I like too, because it's time for to make up on lost ground. Um, so it's, it's time for me to, to go get, get what's mine. Yeah. So Brian, what are you sort of staying 
informed with? And what are you reading these days? How are you staying on top of what's happening in the industry and also what's interesting you on a personal level? Yeah, definitely. So from the industry, I, you know, obviously I'll, I'll read, you know, some of the advertising publications, but then I also obviously will read some of the ad exchanger stuff. But a lot of times I'll also, you know, have a conversations as well. So whether it's with vendors, you know, with various uh, vendors that I, I, well, when I was on the agency side and then even now, like on the publisher side, whether it's SSPs or data companies, you know, I'll try to pick their brain and kind of go back and forth with them just to try to understand what's going on from their viewpoint, from the research they've seen. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I tend to try to ask them like, all right, well, what are other people doing in the space as well? Just to get insight into what other people are doing and try to combine that just with my experience. But a lot of it's really just like trying to talk with people and talk with other companies in the space when I have meetings. You know, like I said, I, I read stuff, but it, it's hard to really understand things by just reading the publications. It's good to to keep on top of things there, but I try to talk with people in the space just to keep keep myself sharp. Yeah, talking to folks gives you more much more context to to what's being written about, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. What about on your bookshelf? Anything you read in personally? Or or you spend you spending too much time in Clubhouse these days. Yeah, man. I've been spending <laughs> I've been spending too much time in Clubhouse, man. I, I've been wanting to go do another room, but I ain't gonna lie, the last few last week I was like, you know what, I need a, a clubhouse break, a detox. You know, it was like I'm I'm worn out. In terms of uh I mean in terms of books and all that stuff, it's just all the same stuff that people already talk about. I would say one other like outside of like standard like inspirational books. One book that I really did love was not new, but it was definitely Shoe Dog by Phil Knight from Nike. Because mm-hmm. in terms of me personally, I, I am entrepreneurial. So like outside of work, there are a lot of like things that I'm working on, trying to get off the ground and just messing around with, you know, yeah, long term. And so like, I like that book because it showed like, obviously we know Nike is the leader as it, as it pertains to sports fashion, but just seeing how he started it and the struggles he had. And even when he reached a certain level of success to just how much he had to struggle with scaling it. I love that. And then also just seeing like the issues he had with cash flow too, even when they were doing millions. Mm. Like, I think that is something that, uh, as I start to try to like, you know, do stuff or like my own entrepreneurial stuff on the side, like being cognizant of that, especially as it pertains to like, Companies are things where you have to um, hold physical products and just trying to like purchase inventory and sell it and purchase it and stuff. try to, you know, yep. get cool on the supply chain. But yeah, I mean, like things like that, other recent stuff I read was Contagious and E-Myth and just a lot of books that I think most people are probably familiar with. So, Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, one fun question. I love asking uh, everyone on the podcast, although I think I know one of your answers to this question, but give us the top three apps that you use on your phone, (laughs) but you can't name email or calendar or text messaging. Okay. So yeah, Clubhouse. (laughs) For now, at least we'll see if it seems that. I I mean, I think that's going to be big. Yeah. I think that one's going to be big. LinkedIn is another one. I think that's been instrumental and what has propelled me the last few years. Being able to show my POV, especially like a few years ago, I, I was especially while I was at Cadron, being able to 
demonstrate my point of view and how I think the intellect. I think a lot of people respected that. And then on top of that, starting to just show some of the things I was working on and some of the moment, momentum I had. I think that's that's been instrumental in progression in companies. And even it helps even while you're within a company, even where you're, when you're not even like looking. Like, right. Uh, it's helped me to uh, progress even internally. And it's definitely helped in terms of the new positions that I've gotten. So LinkedIn, I think definitely is one of the big ones. And then outside of that, hmm, let me see. <laughs> I would say, I mean, I didn't want to stay like Instagram or something like that. I mean, because honestly, I wasn't huge on Instagram, but I would say Clubhouse is starting to make me think I should get like more active on Instagram just because that's where a lot of the networking off of Clubhouse, since they don't have messaging, is happening on Instagram right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no. Here's the third one. Actually, Notability. So it's just a kind of like a note-taking app. Mm, okay. So I have it on the iPad and uh, I have it on my phone too, but I like it on the iPad. You know, I can actually write notes in there and it's pretty easy. You can um, automatically turn your handwriting into text to copy and paste. You can draw, do all sorts of stuff, copy and paste web pages or anything or yeah. documents into a note and write on top of it. So it just makes oh, wow. it super easy to take notes and work. So yeah, I'll say notability is probably the third. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Brian, thanks for sp- uh, spending some time with us. And a lot of our listeners like to stay in touch and, and connect with you. What are some ways that they can do that? Oh, definitely. You can find me on LinkedIn. So it's Brian Lee. Just look for time since my, my name is probably common or just, you know, linkedin.com slash n slash Brian Lee Marketing. And then also it's just Brian Lee Marketing on Instagram as well. BrianLeeMarketing.com is my website. But yeah, I mean, like LinkedIn, you definitely can go on the network or add me on LinkedIn. I think that's a great way to find me. Excellent. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode. And if you're looking for more episodes, you can find us where you find all of your audio and video. Just search Minority Report Podcast and look for the logo. Thanks. Thanks.